1: Pinion to hold it. Trying to snap it. Suck up trying to win it. Got it. They finally have a kicker in Tampa Bay. How about Tom Brady? How about Dak Prescott? This is sick. What a game! What a game that one was last night for the first game of the year. Tampa Bay 31, Dallas 29. I tweeted out after the game, great game, excellent result, especially if you are a Washington football fan or a fan of teams in the division. Although uh, it was a bit ominous uh, if you are a Washington Giant or Eagle fan Uh, with respect to how good Dak Prescott looked last night for the Cowboys. I'm going to recap that game quickly. I'm going to get right to Washington Chargers. Keys to a win. Washington beats the Chargers if. I'll have a prediction on Washington and the Chargers. I've got a smell test, some thoughts on the rest of the NFL card this weekend, and then Tim Murray, uh, my good friend who hosts a show out in Vegas on the VEASAN network, uh, will join us we'll get his thoughts on Washington. He's a local he's a fan um, he is following very much the action in Vegas and how much action and how mu- how many people out there are really optimistic about Washington's chances this year. He'll join us and we'll certainly do some gambling talk as we usually do as well. A reminder, I think I mentioned this yesterday Cooley is supposed to be he's scheduled to be on the show on Monday. Uh, he is going to watch the game. He's going to come on the show on Monday. As far as what the schedule of Cooley will be during the football season, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. Let me mention to you that my bookie is sponsoring this show today. And for those of you that have told me, hey, uh, my bookie's great, um, but I've had a couple of issues here and there, you've got to use my promo code, KevinDC, where it asks you, for a promo code. Sometimes in that promo code, there may be something already written in there. Erase it and write Kevin DC. Uh, that will um, lead to them instantly doubling your first deposit. Now, you can't make a $300 deposit and get the doubling from my bookie and have $600 in your account and then try to close your account out. You can't do that. They're giving you the extra money and doubling your first deposit so that you use it to gamble with and you're required to use it to gamble with. You're not going to be able to extract the money that they give to you you know, seconds after you make the deposit, you're going to have to wager to a certain level for a period of time. Um, but my bookie at mybookie.ag uh, is set to roll here in the football season, and I've mentioned this millions of times before, certainly thousands of times before. You may be a better, and you may have one shop already where you are wagering. If you're taking this seriously, you should have more than one. You should comparison shop on lines on point. Spreads on VIGs, all right, on what they're charging for losses. My bookie has very fair point spreads, very fair pricing, and I'm telling you, some of the legal sports books in particular are gouging customers, gouging them. Some of these state run uh, sports books are gouging you on fees, on VIGs. You know, instead of paying minus 110 on a loss, like you bet 100 bucks and you lose you pay 110, some of these places are charging minus 130 on losses. So you got to pay 130 if you lose. That adds up after a while. Go to my bookie at mybookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC, they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar. And they've got everything you need for this upcoming football uh, weekend and everything for the football season. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie at mybookie.ag. Use my promo code Kevin DC. Uh, a reminder: subscribe uh, to the podcast. Doesn't cost you any. It doesn't cost you a thing. Helps us very much. And rate us and review us where you can. I do know that there have been some issues with Apple recently in the timing of getting the podcast. Every podcast has had issues with that. They are working on it. Be patient. I'm sorry about that. We have certainly let them know. And I've seen some of you telling me, I don't have the podcast yet. Remember, you can always go right to thekevinsheanshow.com. You know, we have a website where the show is immediately up and available. Uh, Also... Um, there are other places you can get a podcast, Spotify, uh, although sometimes Spotify is a little bit late getting them out too. Google podcasts. Um, Apple, I know, is the way almost all of you or like 80 percent of you consume podcasts. Uh, and I get it. It's easy. It's the way I do it as well. I know they've been slow with all podcasts here recently. They are working on the issue. OK, let's start with the game last night. Uh, that is a wild NFL game to kick off the NFL season. I have not yet seen the ratings for the game. I think it's going to be an all-timer for the opening game of an NFL season. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers against the Cowboys. The Buccaneers and White at home against the Cowboys and those Blues. Um, it was a great uniform matchup uh, last night. There are a couple of big takeaways from the game for me. Number one is Dak Prescott because that you know hits home for us more than anything out of that game. He was spectacular. There's no other way to describe it. He looked great. He actually looked better than he's ever looked. I thought he was poised. I thought he was patient. I thought he was much better in the pocket and um, uh, creating time in the pocket and being decisive and throwing the ball accurately. There was a throw early to C D Lamb that was... Catchable that Lamb didn't catch, that was a little bit underthrown. Um, But I thought Dak Prescott was sensational. His one interception was right in the hands of CD Lamb. He dropped it, it deflected, it got picked. 42 of 58 for 403 yards, three touchdowns, and got sacked once after dropping back 59 times in a football game with no running game. Kellen Moore decided we can't run against that Tampa Bay front. What a beast Vita Vey has turned into, huh? We can't run against them, even with our slim down Zeke Elliott. And by the way, everybody who's killing Zeke Elliott at, after that game, I actually thought he looked pretty good. And I thought he did an outstanding job as a pass blocker. I don't know. He looked different to me. You know, they've been talking about him slimmed down, faster, better shape. I thought he actually looked that way to my eyes. He did not have a big night carrying the ball. Obviously, they didn't give him the ball that much. They were not going to run the ball. They threw it 58 times and they ran it 18 times. Kellen Moore said, to hell with trying to run the football against this defense. Zeke Elliott was outstanding as a pass blocker, I thought, last night. Um, And I would imagine there are going to be some games where maybe uh, the feeling about Zeke Elliott this year is going to be different than it was last night. He was trending at one point last night and it was all negative. Uh, my personal view was I thought and did see a guy that looked to be in better shape. He was just facing a world-class defense. A world-class defense, to be fair, that was getting injured during the game, especially in that secondary. Um, so that is, um, that is a, a, a great defense that was a bit diminished last night. But, you know, Dak Prescott dropped back 59 times and got sacked once. The last time we saw Tampa's defense was in the postseason last year where it was wreaking havoc on Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and and everybody else. Uh, Dak Prescott, though, number one takeaway from the game. Number two, I'm not subscribing to the theory that Dallas – you know, has to win that game when you end up plus three in the turnover margin. It, I would say that nine times out of ten, I would subscribe to that description or that theory or that, that feeling after a game um, or that recap, uh, but not last night. Dallas dropped passes. Dallas missed field goals. Dallas missed an extra point. Dallas dropped an interception. Um, it, it was Dallas undid themselves – as much as Tampa did. It was a wild game that had everything in it. You know, Tampa threw it 50 times and only ran it 14 times. Um, I am not one of those that thinks that coming out of that game, Dallas is going to be overhyped. It's a game they should have won because they got four turnovers and they only gave up one. Keep in mind that one of the four turnovers was a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. So you're not going to do anything with that turnover. Uh, in terms of the four turnovers that Tampa had. So one of them was a Hail Mary. Um, and then, you know, the two fumbles were forced by really good defensive plays. Demarcus Lawrence punched the ball out from Ronald Jones, and the kid Demonte Casey knocked the ball, separated ball from body on, on Chris Godwin as he was going into the end zone. I thought Dallas's defense still appears to have some issues, but they've got playmakers And they were playing a really good team. Uh, I thought it was a great game. If I were a Dallas fan, I'd be very encouraged. I would not be discouraged by not winning a game where you had a plus-three turnover uh, margin. I would be encouraged by rolling up 451 yards, 31st downs, and 29 points against a wrecking crew of a defense, although it was diminished. Um, And, you know, dropping passes, missing – look – One of the field goals was 60 yards. The other one was short, and he missed a PAT. So really, you know, add um, four points onto the board that they should have had. that That would have been 33 against Tampa. That's a pretty good night offensively. And defensively, you know, of the four turnovers, one was a Hail Mary. One was just a drop ball by Leonard Fournette. That was the giveaway. But the other two were forced. There were also some bad penalties. Uh, Last takeaway on the game from last night. and I had a bunch of them, but these were the big ones. The last one was this. Uh, Number one, uh, again, was Dak Prescott. Number two, I don't really subscribe to the theory that Dallas should have won the game and somehow you should be discouraged if you're a Cowboy fan that they won the turnover margin plus three and still lost. I don't feel that way at all. I'd be very encouraged if I was a Dallas fan coming out of that game. Um, Lastly... I did think it was offensive pass interference against Chris Godwin. I thought if you looked at that play, he put two hands on the defender and then extended that left arm on the push-off on the back shoulder throw that got Tampa into field goal range at the end. I thought it was, but I'm not going to sit here and scream, you know, Rams Saints NFC championship, you know, missed call. That's not the way I feel about it. I think, you know, we'll see a lot of those this year, you know, not in key spots necessarily where we think it should have been DPI or OPI. Um, But I did think, like, I thought it was offensive pass interference. And Terry McCauley, the, uh, the guy on for NBC, said the same thing. I did want to mention real quickly that I had the smell test pick on the under. That did not hit, uh, obviously. So I'm 0-1 to start the smell test uh, this weekend. Um, I did play the Cowboys plus 10 right before kickoff. They went to 9.5. I bought the half point, played them plus the 10. So it actually worked out perfectly that I was able to win that. Uh, to offset the loss uh, on the under, and the Cowboys still lost the game, which I was rooting for them to lose the game. Um, But there were just too many people on NBC, all the people that are on that broadcast, uh, they all picked Tampa Bay. And the line, I'm like, at some point, maybe I'm getting value with plus 10. Uh, All right, let's get to Sunday. Washington and the Chargers. First game of the year. Here we are, first game of the year. Uh, One of the things I'm interested in, really, what kind of crowd is there going to be at the game on Sunday? What kind of crowd will there be? I'm going to guess it's a really good crowd. It's supposed to be a beautiful day on Sunday, not hot on Sunday, not rainy on Sunday, um, I said not hot. I just pulled up the updated forecast. Uh, up to, on Sunday, uh, 89 degrees. So it's going to be a little bit warm. But um, first game of the year, as optimistic as the fan base or what's left of it has been in a long, long time, I don't know if that they'll sell the game out. Um, I think they're a long way from selling it out, or they were a week and a half ago. Uh, but they are expecting a big late push, and tickets are readily available at incredible prices. So, um, I'm I'm expecting a, a decent-sized crowd Sunday. I would say north of 60,000. And I don't think it's going to be a lot of Charger fans. I could be way wrong. It might be 40,000 and half Charger fans. I don't think so, though. Not for the opener. You know, the Indianapolis home opener in 2018, Alex Smith's first game, Adrian Peterson's first game, they were 1-0 after beating the Cardinals, really was one of the more jarring um, reminders of how low the franchise had sunk. They had 51,000 there for an opener with a 1-0 and football team on a beautiful day. Um, I don't know. I, th- I sense that there's a little bit more excitement for Sunday. We'll see. Uh, But my guess is 60,000 plus, maybe not a sellout, maybe large blotches here and there of empty seats, especially up top. But I think a very enthusiastic, excited, optimistic crowd on Sunday. That's what I'm guessing. All right, Washington wins if. Let me start with this. It's really hard when you haven't seen either team in a real game in a new season. And it's even harder when one of those two teams is a totally new team with a new coaching staff. So this is, I'm going to steer clear of cliche stuff like win the turnover battle, uh, make a big play here, whatever it is, you know. uh, But I'm going to come up with a few things that I've thought about. Um, As I've, you know, analyzed as much as you can, both of these teams, we know more about Washington than we do the Chargers. Number one, Washington beats the Chargers if they win in the trenches. That may sound cliche to some of you. I think they can win in 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 the trenches, especially with the strength of their team, which is their defensive front. Against a pretty much largely revamped but unknown and untested. Chargers' offensive line. The Chargers' biggest issues going into this offseason was offensive line. They went out and, and uh, drafted Rashawn Slater in the first round at a Northwestern. By the way, Slater played very well against Chase Young when they played against each other, Northwestern against Ohio State. They drafted him. He's going to be their starting left tackle. And they signed Corey Lindsley from Green Bay to be their center. Excellent center. They lost Hunter Henry. They added Jared Cook at tight end. Uh, I think Washington's front four has to dominate. I think it's really important that they really make Justin Herbert uh, sweat with Montez and with Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis and John Allen and Deron Payne. Dominate this brand-new offensive line that barely played anything at all in the preseason, and win the game right there on defense by totally disrupting Justin Herbert. I think that's a key. By the way, in the trenches also means flipping it around to the other side. They have Joey Bosa. They have Jerry Tillery. The Washington revamped offensive line with Leno and Cosme and Flowers has to do a really good job of keeping these people from disrupting the game on the other side. What's interesting is when you hear Ron Rivera and Scott Turner and others talk about their team, they seem so optimistic about the offensive line. I think they really feel like they have good players and that Cosme's very much up to... Uh, you know the 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 stage here on Sunday, and that they've got a much better left tackle in Leno than they did in Cornelius Lucas, and that Flowers is a really good addition, and they've got some depth there. Um, keeping Bosa and Tillery, and uh, you know Derwin James, if he's coming on a, uh, on a safety blitz, he's got a chance to be a comeback player of the year. Um, keeping them away from Fitzpatrick and disrupting the game in the trenches there is huge in this game. Really interesting matchups. Washington's strength against a totally revamped and unknown Chargers offensive line in front of, by the way, a rookie of the year quarterback from last year. And then Washington's revamped offensive line that the coaching staff is super confident about against a very good defensive line in the Chargers' D-line as well. Washington beats the Chargers if they cover the tight end and the running backs. Now, Austin Eckler was DNP yesterday for the second straight date. Don't know what will happen today. If they're without Eckler, that's big. Now, I do like Justin Jackson, their backup running back, um, out of uh, Northwestern. But Herbert last year relied on Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler, a hell of a lot. Now, he pushes the ball down the field, too. But Hunter Henry was a big-time target for him, and Cook will be as well. And Eckler was a big-time check-down um, guy, and Eckler really is good and versatile in space as a receiver. Washington's got to do a good job with their linebackers and their safeties in covering the tight end and tackling the... The running back, whomever it is, that's in space after a check down, after maybe a quick pass rush, going to have to do a really good job there. Thirdly, uh, they've got to be better on special teams this year. And this may sound sort of cliché. But they have a brand-new kicker that Chargers do. Badgley was a disaster for them last year. They would have probably gone 8-8 eight eight or 9-7 had they had a better kicker. They've got a dude named Tristan Viscano who's kicking. Uh, big, uh, first big-time stage for him, for Mr. Viscano, if that's how you uh, pronounce it. Um, and he will be kicking against Dustin Hopkins, who has to be more consistent this year. Has to be more consistent. And I think this game could come down to big plays in special teams. We've got a new kick returner this year. And DeAndre Carter, they seem very bullish on him. I had Ron Rivera on the show this morning. He comes on the radio show every Friday morning at 8 a.m. You can listen to that by downloading the Odyssey app and listen to Ron Rivera talk about DeAndre Carter and special teams. They put an emphasis on special teams, keeping Troy Apke. You know, DeShazer Everett, Kalik Hudson, These are this is a big deal for them. It's not something that's been a big priority for this franchise in a while. Hopkins, we can't be here on Monday saying uh, they're going to have to have a kickoff with Eddie Pinheiro or whatever his name is before the Giant game on Thursday. Um, I think it's going to be a determining factor uh, in this game. Hopkins versus their new kicker. Um, and can they get something in the return game? They've got K.J. Hill, the Ohio State receiver, remember, explosive as their punt returner. And again, their their kicker is essentially brand new. Uh, he kicked one game in 2020 with the Vikings last year and went three for three. And he also kicked in a game with San Francisco and also went three for three. But he is not kicked in a big-time game early in a season as the number one kicker. I wanted to mention one other quick thing. Um, I heard this uh, on our radio station. Um, I think Travis said it uh, on our radio station. But it was a really good point. And the point was this. You know, Herbert had a great rookie year. All the rookies last year that played well, great. Now they're going to be playing in front of crowds. Now Justin Herbert played at Oregon. Chase Young played at the Ohio State University. I kept saying last year, you think Chase Young's going to be intimidated by an NFL environment? This was before we didn't know that there were going to be fans. He played in the biggest college games of the last three, four years. And Justin Herbert played in some big ones as well. But Herbert hasn't played a legitimate road game yet. So let's see how he reacts if there is a legitimate crowd there. I hope there is. You know, when you have a great home crowd with a really good defense, man, you become really tough to beat at home. You know, even if your offense isn't great, there's something about a great defensive team with a great home crowd that makes it so hard on opponents. Okay, my prediction on the game Sunday, my smell tests, and a couple of NFL Week
0: 1 thoughts right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Right now, get up to 60% off your Babel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Kevin looks where the John Q.
1: public is putting their cash and does the opposite. It's, it's time, time for, for the, the Smell, smell Test. test. All right, the smell test did not get off to a good start last night. Uh, I had the under in the game uh, as an official smell test pick at 51 and a half. The game actually went off at 52. Doesn't matter. They scored 60 in the game. Uh, that's a loser. I'm 2-3-1 and one so far on the year. I've got three college plays, four pro plays. Uh, Let's get to it. The uh, smell test, uh, for those that don't know, hopefully most of you do at this point, a contrarian handicapping philosophy. Uh, I've got uh, access and have for years to offshore lands of sports book operations to find out where not only sharp money is, but where the the real public uh, money is. There's lots of sites that post, you know, consensus, you know, where the public money is, et cetera. Um, I'm getting it from actual places uh, during the course of the week up until uh, Friday, and then I get it on Saturday and Sunday as well. But beside that, here we go. Uh, Tomorrow, Pitt at Tennessee. Pittsling 3 in Knoxville. Tennessee blew out Bowling Green. Pitt blew out UMass. But still, Pitt's laying points at an SEC venue? I don't know. It just reeked when I saw it. And then the information came in that the public's piling on Tennessee, and there's sharp money on Pitt. I think Pitt's well-coached. Take Pitt laying the three. Um, The two games that immediately struck me uh, when I first looked at the college uh, layout on Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was, Iowa State, who was life and death with Northern Iowa last week, um, is home against Iowa, who blew out Indiana, a ranked team, thirty-four to six. Iowa State's laying four and a half. The world is on is on Iowa plus the four and a half. Uh, Iowa State. It's all about recent impressions. Iowa State looked terrible and barely beat a terrible opponent and. Iowa looked awesome beating a ranked opponent. I'll take Iowa State laying the four and a half. Washington is on the road tomorrow night in the big house against Michigan. Washington lost to FCS Montana last week, 13-7. That is a bad loss. Michigan blew out Western Michigan. They did lose a key player on offense, a wide receiver. Uh, Washington's getting seven now. That line opened at like six. So there is some sharp money on Michigan. There's also some sharp money on Washington. Public money overwhelmingly on Michigan. I'll take the Huskies plus the seven. Let's go to Sunday. I liked a lot of games Sunday. I settled on four. Buffalo is a chic pick to win the Super Bowl or certainly to get there uh, this year in the AFC and they're laying less than a touchdown against a team that most people think will take a major step back in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the Steelers' chances to be a really good team this year and to be a playoff team this year. That number at six and a half has just sat there all week and the public keeps pounding Buffalo and yet the books won't move it up to seven. That's an indication that they think they uh, are okay taking all of this Buffalo action. I'll take the Steelers plus the six and a half by the half point to get it to seven. I like the Eagles in general as a team this year. They're catching three at Atlanta, super sharp money on Philly, lots of public money on Atlanta. I'll take the Eagles plus three on the road Sunday uh, in the Georgia Dome against uh, the Falcons. Then there are two uh, uh, there's an afternoon game, a a 4 p.m. slot window game, and then the night game on Sunday night. Uh, Detroit may be the most heavily bet against team of the weekend, college or pro. Um, right now, Detroit's getting seven and a half. Actually, that game is not in the four o'clock window. Why did I think it was? They're getting seven and a half um, from the 49ers. The 49ers, again, a team that many think will be bounce back Super Bowl contender. The Lions have a Jared Goff at quarterback, new coach, seems to be a bit of a buffoon in Matt Campbell. I'll take the Lions plus the seven and a half at home against the Niners. And then Sunday night, I like Chicago. Chicago plus 7.5 in L.A. against the Rams, even though I love the Rams' chances to be a really good team with Matt Stafford this year. Um, But the public loves the Rams like they love the 49ers this year, and they are betting uh, the shit out of the L.A. Rams. I'll take the Bears plus 7.5. So there it is. There's the smell test. Uh, It started last night with a loser with the under 51.5. Pitt minus 3. Iowa State minus 4.5. Washington, that would be the Huskies, Saturday night at Michigan plus 7. Sunday, the Steelers plus 6.5 by the half point to get it to 7. Eagles plus 3. Lions plus 7.5. And the Bears plus the seven. Uh, I'm going to get to my Washington Chargers prediction here in a moment, but I just wanted to look uh, with you at the NFL card for Sunday briefly because there are some really good matchups on Sunday, really intriguing matchups. Obviously, we had the game last night. Chargers at Washington, two teams that a lot of people think will be in the postseason in 2021. Uh, Last year's Offensive Rookie of the Year against last year's Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, The Bills, people are really high on the Bills to see them open up at home against the Steelers. uh, Does Roethlisberger have anything left? Najee Harris, for me, is a definite Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate before this season starts. We'll see. They've got weapons. If Ben improves and looks a little bit healthier and a little bit sharper, uh, I think the Steelers could be uh, much better than most people think. Um, The Cardinals in that NFC West, which seems so – very much like a toss-up between the Rams and the 49ers and the Seahawks, and a lot of people love the Cardinals. They're at Tennessee. Tommy's got Tennessee winning the Super Bowl, and the Titans are laying three. I almost gave out the Cardinals. That's an intriguing game. How about the Colts and their debut with Carson Wentz and you know all the COVID situations there with Seattle on the road? By the way, Seattle in the eastern time zone. Indi- Indianapolis is, I think, now in the eastern time zone. I think it is uh, like the Chargers coming east for an early uh, game. Uh, sometimes that's problematic for West Coast teams, although I, although I think Seattle's handled it handled it pretty well over the years. You get the debut of like you know Zach Wilson in New York um, against a team that I'm high on, the Panthers. Then then you get into the four o'clock window. My God, Browns, Chiefs, Packers, Saints, Dolphins, Pats. And the game that I'm looking forward to, Broncos-Giants. I picked Denver as a surprise playoff team. I think they're loaded, and I think the Giants are intriguing as well, watching Saquon Barkley return uh, after missing all of last season. Uh, it's a split doubleheader, CBS with Browns Chiefs, Fox with Packers, and Saints. Saints. Um, It will be a hell of a Sunday afternoon late window uh, opportunity. And then to see the Mac Jones debut against the Dolphins. And, again, I think the Broncos-Giants game is going to be telling. I would not be surprised if both of those teams are much improved from a year ago. The Sunday night games, Bears-Rams. The Monday night game, Ravens-Raiders. And how about the injuries with the Ravens? Oh, my God. They did sign Latavius Murray, but they lost Gus Edwards and Marcus P on the same day to torn ACLs. That's after they lost J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill. I can't remember an injury situation to one team training camp preseason games before the season kicked off like what the Ravens have gone through over the last two weeks. It's amazing. Um, That's the Monday night game. All right, my prediction on Washington and the Chargers. Did you know that the last two Washington Chargers games in Landover at FedEx Field, both ended in overtime. Both of those games went to overtime. Washington won in 2013, RG3 leading their team down the field on the opening drive of overtime, and Darrell Young pounding it in from the five-yard line for a touchdown and a 30-24 to win over Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. Remember, Danny Woodhead scored, but that play was overturned at the end of regulation. They had to kick the field goal to force overtime. Washington won it 30 to 24 in overtime, and the game before that in Landover was 2005 and Ladanian Tomlinson in overtime 41 yards into the end zone and the Chargers won 23 to 17 in overtime. So, my prediction for Sunday. I have no idea what Washington's going to be as a team. I have no idea what the Chargers are going to be as a team this year. I think there's legitimate optimism for both. A legitimate reasons to be optimistic for both. Uh, I think it's going to be a very tight game. I think the Chargers certainly, if they win it, it's not going to surprise me. But I'm going to pick Washington in the opener, 23-20 to in overtime. Dustin Hopkins, a 49-yard field goal at the end of regulation to force OT, and then a 53-yarder on their first possession, the second possession in total in overtime. Uh, To win it, 23-20 to over the Chargers. There you go. More Washington football talk uh, with Tim Murray and more gambling talk with Tim Murray right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Joining us now, uh, my good friend Tim Murray who was with the Team 980 for many years, worked in this market for many years, and now uh, is the co-host of the Nightcap on the Visa Network, Uh, That airs 10 to 1 a.m. Eastern time from Vegas, where Tim uh, and his wife uh, and family live. He co-hosts that show with a former NFL quarterback, Sean King. Uh, Tim joins us now. We're going to talk some Washington football. We're going to talk some betting this weekend, college games, pro games. But I know that the show now is available on much more than just Visa Network. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, YouTube TV. So uh, if you're a cord cutter like I am – You know, we're part of the the sports package. So if you're going to get the Red Zone channel and you're a a YouTube TV person, uh, you can get us that way. So uh, if you get the Red Zone channel, you get v as well. Uh, We're also on Xfinity, too. So if you have uh, the Xfinity app uh, on your cable subscription, you get v as well. So we're trying to grow this bad boy. But, yeah, it's funny to think, uh, Kevin, that I I sit next to the guy that I'm sure a lot of Redskins fans are – Washington football team fans uh, don't have fond memories of. He threw that touchdown pass, what, midway through the fourth quarter, January 2000, uh, to get the 14-13 win. We actually had B. Mitch on the show this week uh, to reminisce about that divisional playoff game, how, how close Washington was to playing the Rams, but Sean King uh, had other, had other uh, plans
1: yes um that game is incredibly memorable for us because first of all um there haven't been many of those kinds of games over the last two decades where they were actually legitimately close to the NFC championship game but Brad Johnson threw a pick um in that game uh, that really John hurt wins, him right uh, John Lynch picked it off, uh, and Br- Brad Johnson wasn't right in that game. He was definitely ailing and had, you know, a, a hurt shoulder, and he's told me that uh, before on the air. But they had built uh, a 10-0 lead when Brian Mitchell returned the third quarter kickoff, the beginning of the second half kickoff, 100 yards for a touchdown. You know, and I've said this to B. Mitch and about B. Mitch many times in the past, he played his best and most memorable games in the team's biggest games. He really was a big game performer for that franchise when he was here and by the way became the same in Philadelphia. You know, when they had big-time playoff games and championship games, he had big, big returns um, as well. But that that 99 season that ended in the postseason with a win over Detroit and then that divisional round 14-13 loss to Tampa, which also, by the way, ended with the uh, Dan Turk uh, snap um, to Matt Turk, who was holding for Brett Conway for a 50-some-yard field goal at the end to give them the lead with like 45 seconds left in the game. Dan Kirk rolled the snap back to his brother, uh, and they never really got the kickoff. But B. Mitch had, I I think it was a 100-yard kickoff return, and they had a 10-yard –
2: And he – and I went back, and I was watching the highlights this week, (laughs) <laughs> he just ran over Gramatica, the kicker. Oh, he did! He didn't did. even try to do He just ran him over. It was. I asked her about. It. He's like, you know, in B Mitch fast, he was like, you know, I learned. He's like, I learned those dudes ain't gonna tackle me, so I just run right through them.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was. B Mitch had so many good postseason games. Uh, I mean, really memorable postseason games. He had as an up back a fake punt run for 40-some yards and a wild card win at Minnesota in Gibbs' final year. And then he was absolutely a factor um, in the following week uh, divisional round against uh, against the 49ers at Candlestick. But, you know, that loss to the Buccaneers was really in this century – the closest Washington ever got to the NFC title game. They had a field goal to take the lead late. And yeah, Sean King threw a touchdown pass to, to, to lead a 13 nothing deficit fourth quarter comeback. They won 14-13. And then recall that they went on to play uh, the greatest show Durant. on turf and held them to 11 points. 11-6 to 6 was the final score of that NFC championship game.
2: And there was a, uh, a critical call that Sean remembers. Uh, forget the name of the wide receiver, but it's uh, um, a, oh. a historical play. Um, I'm gonna look it up now. But yeah, he he threw a he threw a pass. It was, it was the it was
1: the white wide receiver. Um, yeah. Yeah. Damn, what was his name? Yeah,
2: very controversial. They, they, they changed the, they changed the rule because of the the, the of the pass that that he. Uh, on the ground, you know, fumbled a little bit, and they, they overturned the call, and uh, that's how the Rams won. It was, I mean, they were driving. The Bucks were driving in that game, and uh, and uh, it was uh, – I'm looking a, it a like up Hunter's right now. Coach. It might have been
1: Burt Emanu- well,
2: Emanuel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Emanuel call. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. By the way, I'll, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. You know what I remember most vividly about Bucks and Redskins in uh, January of 2000 is I didn't watch the game – because I had a CYO basketball game at Saint Elizabeth on that <laughs> night, and I remember groans from the crowd. Clearly, when you know either the, the snap happened or the touchdown happened, and you know it's 2000, so somehow they're listening. They they probably had those handheld TVs. Remember those? I'm sure, sure they were dads in the stands on that uh, on that evening at Saint Elizabeth in Rockville, Maryland. So that's what I remember the most.
1: Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't, I yeah. can't, you know, um, it's funny because how many times
2: do you, did you, did you look at the schedule, the CYO schedule for your boys and you're like, damn it. I, I got, there's a big game this day and we got, you know, uh, our lady of mercy at two thirty in the afternoon on a Sunday.
1: Well, you know, as a coach for many years of teams, um, where we had games on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, after I became um, you know uh, a radio person and some of the people that ran some of these leagues listened to the station, I got to help make the schedule. <laughs> I would, they did. they would let me they would say all right tell me uh do you have to work on this day i said yeah you know we got to have an early game that day we got we got to play at like 10:30 a.m. that day um but there yeah, you were
2: always had the early games probably
1: yeah but there were definitely some days where you know i'm sitting there and i'm like you've got to be kidding me but i you know it's you get to a point and and you'll get this way with yours where those sporting events that your kids are participating in and for me you know it was even different because I coached a lot of the basketball games, especially with my younger son. Um, I just, I enjoyed that a lot. And so there were, you know, there were many times where I just, you know, DVR a game and came back and watched it and nobody knew any differently. Um, But, you know, then, then, then when it became almost imperative that you had to tweet during games, then it became, you know, hard to do it that way. Uh, anyway, uh, nobody wants to hear about this. Um, no, I know. So... Uh... I want to talk Washington football with you first, and then we can talk a little bit about this first you know, full weekend of NFL and college football as it relates to gambling. Um, I have done my smell test on the show already, uh, and I'll share with you what those picks are. Tim and I talk a lot about picks anyway, so we end up having a lot of the same picks because we have very much the same handicapping philosophy. Tim is hosting a gambling show for Brent Musburger, uh, Musburger's Visa Network. Um, <laughs> So he is immersed in this uh, much more than I. Um, what do you make of Washington this year? What's your, you know, what's your overall? When people know you're from Washington out there, and they and they know you're a fan, and they say, "What do you think?" What do you say?
2: Well, it's funny because I think most people expect me to be rah rah and you know very optimistic and you know winning the division and, and all this and that. And the way you and I think. Uh, I, I play the under on on Washington, and that's not because I don't think the franchise is moving in the right direction. Um, I just think it is, you know, and it, it echoes a lot of the sentiments that you've had, right? I mean, you look at the Tampa game, and everyone, you know, that that led to a lot of buzz. Well, they got torched defensively, and if who, by the way, Chris Godwin uh, apparently drops are still an issue. Um, if he doesn't drop a couple of those passes, it's even worse. And I just look at the schedule, and you know, the murderer's row of quarterbacks that they've got to face this year, as opposed to last year, is is pretty pretty big, right? I mean, starts this weekend against Justin Herbert, which I don't I don't really have a real great feel. I kind of think Washington wins this weekend. Uh, and then you've got Josh Allen down the road, Matt Ryan. I I believe in Jameis Winston. They got Jameis Winston. I mean, there's a stretch, right? Allen, Ryan, Winston, Mahomes. Rodgers. I mean, that is a brutal stretch. Then it's Teddy Bridgewater, but the Broncos have a crazy amount of talent on thing, uh, on October, uh, Halloween, and then you get Tom Brady. I mean, that that stretch is is brutal. Monday Night Football against Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott looked certainly looked apart last night. So I just think the schedule's really hard. And I know something that Eric Eager that you've had on the show for Pro Football Focus is, nice. you know, this is a team that had a five and a half you know, win total in Vegas last year, and now they've bumped it up three wins. That's a pretty big jump. So I just look at that, and then, you know, something uh, JP tweeted out yesterday that made me even like my positioning even more, like 95% of the bets at Caesars Sportsbook are on the over on Washington. Um, I heard John Murray from the Westgate Superbook here in Vegas on a podcast talk about there are more bets on Washington to win the NFC East than any other team in any other division, and it's just there's this aura of Washington football this year, and I'm excited as a Washingtonian, but I'm also skeptical because I don't know if they're there just yet. I think they're in the right path, but I think eight and a half wins is was kind of lofty expectations. Everyone's pounding the over, and you just take a look at the schedule. I mean, the crossover games are not nice. You know, your 17th game is uh, is the Bills on the road. Awesome! That's great. You know, a team that could very well win the Super Bowl. Uh, you win the division last year, so you got to go to Lambeau. You get to host Russell Wilson on Monday Night Football. Uh, those are really challenging games. The first place schedule did not do any uh, favors for the Washington Football Team, and then you get the AFC West. I think the Broncos go over their win total, at eight and a half. Uh, the Chargers are are on the up and up. I think the Raiders don't suck. I think that's going to be a tricky game here in Las Vegas in, in early December. So I just think the schedule's challenging. Uh, the quarterbacks that they play, and uh, I think under 8.5, well, I mean, I bet it. Uh, that's, that's where I would go. Uh,
1: I bet it, too. Um, I was very upfront with everybody that listens to this podcast and the radio show. I bet them... Um, under eight and a half plus 105. My prediction for the season was a cowardly eight, eight, and one. <laughs> so I got him at 500, <laughs> but I got him under the eight and a half. And I've told people I bet the Giants um, and the Eagles and the Cowboys on their over numbers. I really like my Eagles over seven plus 120. Um, bet but you gave me the reasons why you bet under and I don't disagree with any of them I would add a few more to it which I have in the past but tell me why tell me what would happen that would make you dead wrong
2: well I think if the defense takes that extra step right I mean you're looking at a front four of all first round picks we had Sean Merriman in studio earlier this week and he loves Washington I mean he's a defensive guy he thinks Chase Young's going to have 13 or 14 sacks this year, uh, he 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 loves what he's seeing from him. Uh, he thinks he's going to wreak havoc. He did say, you know, there are going to be times where Chase Young now is going to have a couple games where he doesn't uh, doesn't get to the quarterback. He thinks his sacks are going to come in bunches, but he loves what he's seeing defensively. And the crazy thing is, in this kind of, I mean, Sean Merriman's been retired for how many years? He was like, I played with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was a teammate of mine. It's like, good lord, the quarterback goal. Wow. But he was like. It, it, but what he said was, you know, he's like Fitz. He's gonna have great stretches, and he's gonna have bad stretches, like we all am- anticipate. But he said, in this division, um, you know, those three, four games may not matter all as much. So he was a believer in Fitzpatrick playing with him. Uh, he loves the defense. He loves that front. And he's like, look, you know, Chase Young, like I did, you know, paraphrasing for Sean Merriman. He's like, he's gonna get double teamed this year. He's gonna get chipped. He's gonna, he's gonna be. The reason, uh, you know, teams are going to come after him. But Washington has enough talent elsewhere to make other teams pay for that. So if it open up for Montez Sweat, and he was talking about you know, Sweat there. So I think that's how I'd be dead wrong. Um, you know, William Jackson, does he continue? Is he a, a baller at corner? Uh, is he locked down there? So um, I, I think there's a, a plenty of chances. Um, you know, I bet Jamin Davis, to win rookie of the year, uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, which would be kind of interesting, considering that would be back-to-back Defensive Rookie of the Years in Washington. Uh, I don't really love my position where I'm at right now, no. uh, just based off of how the preseason went, but that said, I think if if you're asking me how I'd be wrong, is Jamin Davis turns out to be the linebacker that Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio hand-picked, right? I mean, he was a riser in the draft process. Going 19 was uh, a little higher than most people anticipated, so have a former linebacker in the NFL pick Jamon Davis, a guy who's you know coached Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Jamin Davis being a stud I think would, would make me dead wrong. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick continuing to grow off of uh, some of his better seasons and recent memories uh, could make me dead wrong. Uh, Antonio Gibson uh, he becomes a you know borderline elite running back uh, and then the division just sucking. I mean I think that's very possible that this division is not good. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I think the Eagles are going to be better than most people expect. I don't know totally what to think of the Giants. That defense last night for the Cowboys looked like same old, same old. Micah Parsons didn't know what the hell he was doing out there. Um, So I, I think that's how I could be absolutely dead wrong with this prediction.
1: Yeah, I thought Micah Parsons had um, a, a, an up-and-down night. There were times where he looked like a rookie playing in the NFL for the first time, and then there were other times where he clearly flashed, and you could see the athleticism. Uh, if, if I told you that an NFC East team is going to win more than 11 games, A, would you be shocked, and B, who would it be?
2: I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but I think it would be Dallas. Uh, maybe they figure things out defensively. Um, you know, they don't have that first-place schedule. So, I mean, granted, uh, for Dallas, right, their crossover is New England on the road. So it's not like they get a pass uh, in that regard. The Eagles get the chets, Everyone else gets a pretty hard, hard opponent there. Um, but they get, I believe, Arizona, if i memory correct, uh, NFC West. Um, but I think with that offense, I mean, my God! I mean, they have so many freaking weapons all over the place, and it, I think the ceiling on them is, in my opinion, the highest of anyone in the in the division. Because maybe Dan Quinn can start figuring things out. Maybe Mike Parsons uh, is a you know can become what we all kind of expect him to become. So that's yeah. If if you told me a team went twelve and five or eleven and six out of that division, I would think it would be Dallas just because of the firepower that we saw offensively and you know maybe they could get some turnovers like they did last night you know digs with the pick off of uh, Leonard Fournette's bobble um so that that would be my I think the, the ceiling is the highest uh, of Dallas, of any team in a division?
1: You know, I'm sitting here thinking about ceiling, and I know I've weighed in on this before, um, and I think that I did a best case, worst case uh, segment with calls on the radio, and I think maybe Tommy and I did it um, as well. And I think I said, you know, best case is actually like 11 and 6, maybe, or 12 and 5, like if they put everything together. I'm not so sure Dallas's best case is that much better than Washington's. I just think that the chances of them um, achieving their best case, like, I, I think there are fewer. Well, they have the quarterback. I mean, that's the bottom line. Right. Washington, yeah, Washington could get great quarterback play from Fitzpatrick, like he's played the last couple of years, and it would be a significant upgrade. And then you combine that with everything else they have, and they'd have a pretty pretty good upside if Fitzpatrick plays well. But Prescott really is and is developing into a star quarterback. He really was sensational last night, and. I know it's one game. I already talked about it earlier in the show. I understand it's one game, but if Dallas's offense is what we saw last night, especially against that defense, no matter how banged up it was, you know, before and during the game last night, um, I, I think my pick to, to for them to win the division is going to hold up. Uh, is that your pick in the NFC East?
2: Uh, I, I thought about, so I said this, uh, I think I said it earlier this morning, but I said if there were no odds, I'd pick Dallas. But the way we think, right, yeah. I looked at the Giants at plus 450, and I'm like, well, I'd just rather play that. Um, I actually didn't make a bet on this division, but uh, I, I would agree. And, and and here's a couple thoughts just on, on what we saw last night, right? Um, Zach Martin was out, right? Zeke Elliott's the, yeah. best, the best player on their team, and he didn't play. And Dak Prescott had 58 dropbacks or 59, and he was sacked once by a defensive line that tortured Patrick Mahomes. Um, so that's pretty encouraging. Michael Gallup was hurt, and they still threw for over 400 yards. Uh, Zeke Elliott didn't do anything on the run game. I actually thought Zeke looked at times okay. Uh, I thought he had some burst in his cuts.
1: I did too. Uh, which, is,
2: which is impressive. People uh, ripped know, it's funny. him. I, I, you know, it's funny, I went on, I do a morning show uh, in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, and you know they, and one of the hosts was like, "Ah, oh, Zeke sucks." And I'm like, "You know what? I'm the first to bash him uh, because he looked like crap last year. He looked fat and out of shape." I was like, "I actually thought he looked decent last night. They just they weren't able to run the ball. I thought his cuts and his his explosiveness was actually pretty good. Uh, so that's scary uh, too. If he's gonna perform at a decent level, but you know, to your point about ceiling and floor, I think Washington might have the highest floor because. We saw what happens when Dak gets hurt. They suck. And look at their backup quarterback situation. It's Cooper Rush and Will Greer. So they're, they're effed if, uh, if Dak goes down. But if he doesn't go down, that's why their ceiling's the highest, because you know we saw it last night, and they really should have. If they're able to get a first down uh, inside Tampa Bay territory, they win the game 29-28.
1: Yeah, as long as Zerline makes, you know, an even higher right. pressure kick. Um yeah. I, I I said it earlier uh, about Zeke. I agree with you. I don't. I I noticed that people were just ripping him because I saw him trending, and I think it was his first carry. I'm like, you know what? He looks quicker. He looks more decisive. He lined up as a fullback last night on a third and short and made it. Tampa Bay is going to be what they what they were last year. They're going to be a hell against teams that try to run the ball. I give Kellen Moore all the credit in the world for saying to hell with this. We're not going to run the ball against this team. And they they moved it the way they thought they could move it, and they nearly pulled off, you know, a stunner. Uh, by the way, you know, just as an aside, before the game – I. I didn't lo- love Dallas. I mean, I knew that every book in America needed the Cowboys, but you could see the line climbing, and as we both know, uh-huh. sharp money's still coming in on Tampa even before kickoff. I I got it at at nine and a half, bought the half point, and I played Dallas right before kickoff. And what totally convinced me to play the Cowboys right before kickoff, Timmy, was the NBC show where they have about seventeen you know analysts, <laughs> and not one of them. Pick Dallas, and every one of them picked a blowout, with the exception of Drew Brees, who did predict a close game. So maybe he's a sharp eye. We'll have to to, to keep track of that. But I, I, you know, right before kickoff, I played Dallas plus ten. I'm like I, every at at some point there is. You know, you take the contrarian and then you say, I'm also getting some value here. I mean, no one else has it plus 10. That's the best number anybody's going to get. That was really interesting. I have not yet seen the television ratings for the game last night, but I'm assuming they were through uh, the roof. All right. Um before we get to a couple of, of, of games this weekend uh, real quickly in the NFL give me your Super Bowl matchup your Super Bowl winner and just a couple of teams that are sleepers that you you know you really like to, to make you know some noise but most people don't think will
2: uh, um, well I'll give you my I don't know if they're a sleeper uh, I think I think Denver, uh, I played there over eight and a half. I <laughs> love their yeah. I love their schedule. They got so much freaking talent. I mean, it's just they, they if if you just have competent quarterback play, uh I think they could do some things. Uh, you know, Patrick Sertan is gonna be a a stud. uh you know, they're wide receivers. All reports at a campers at Jerry Judy has been phenomenal. Uh, I was pretty surprised that he was kind of below average last year. So I like Denver a lot. um I don't know. I mean, they're not gonna win the division. I still think Kansas City wins the division. Um, yeah, I'm trying, you know, it's funny, Kevin, I've been trying hard to, uh, just be different because I don't want to pick Tampa Bay. I don't want to pick Kansas city. Um, so I'll go, uh, God, I feel like so many, it's a very trendy, I'll go San Francisco, even though I don't love Jimmy G. Um, and I'll say it's, uh, I'll say, I'll say Kansas city again, uh, back in the super bowl. Um, and I don't know, maybe Kansas City. I I I'll be honest. I have no futures uh, in the like the big market. I just have division players. Division players. I think the Browns win the uh, the AFC North. I think I think it's be a tough year. I mean, it, for for the Ravens. Um, I mean, God. I mean, oh. talk about a team oh. with poor luck, right? I mean, for the love of God, never man, heard like, of. It. I, I don't.
1: Just, I, this is unprecedented. This many players, Edwards, key players Davis at a position lost in a Ill. week and a half. Yeah.
2: Marcus Peters. I mean, oh. Lamar's fun to watch and this is a big year for him and it's kind of unfortunate right all his wide receivers are banged up uh you know uh, bateman starting the year on ir uh hollywood brown's been hurt so I-, I think the browns have a chance to win the AFC. i really do uh, i think they got a great coach in stefanski they got a ton of weapons uh they probably have the best offensive line in the AFC. so you know what i'll switch that i'll say uh I'll say it's a Browns 49ers Super Bowl. Wow. How about that? And uh, I'll say the uh, 49ers get it done uh, with, with Shanahan there. I'm excited about the NFC West, Kevin. I, I think you know there's a ton of buzz. I, I heard uh, Peter Schrager, who's very piped in with McVay. You know, they're just in love right now with uh, with Stafford. They think he's going to throw for a gajillion yards. Uh, they're going to spread it out. I think your guy, Jake Funk, is going to actually gonna get some run and play some stuff. Some uh, some for the Rams. Uh, the, my my biggest worry, uh, Kevin, with uh, with the Rams always is their depth. What happened last year when they played the Packers? Aaron Donald gets hurt, they get smoked. Uh, so they just have no depth. They have elite frontline talent, and then it drops off if they get banged up. That's my only worry about ever playing the Rams uh, in futures. I think the Patriots make the playoffs. Uh, I think Mac Jones is perfect for that system. Um, I think, you know, very good chance he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, so I, I like that. And then, you know, a team that I, that I was high on, and I think they could score a lot of points and maybe surprise a little, maybe sneak into the playoffs. I actually like the Falcons. Um, you know, Arthur Smith, Georgetown Prep uh, alum, <laughs> yep. now the head coach down there. Uh, and Kyle Pitts is just a, a freak of nature. And if you're drafting a tight end fourth overall, He's got to be transcendent, and that's what Kyle Pitts is. I think he has a monster year. I've got a ticket on him to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I don't know if it'll happen, but I just had to grab it. So, um yeah, I think the Falcons
1: could be better than most people anticipate uh, I My offensive rookie of the year is going to lead, um, I think, a surprise playoff run because I don't think many people think that this team's going to be in the postseason, even though they were last year. But I think Najee Harris and the Steelers end up having um, a, a big year this year and a surprisingly big year. Uh, I'm with you on Denver. It was one of my surprise playoff um, teams Uh I actually thought it was going to be Drew Locke, Tim, uh, when, uh, before this training camp and preseason started, and I still think eventually it might be Locke who ends up being the starting quarterback there. But God, are they loaded on that roster everywhere? Um, it, you know, there are they're similarities to Washington. Actually, they have more offensive skill position talent, but they're very similar in that they've, you know, they've got a really good defense. Um, with a defensive-minded head coach and one of the great defensive minds in football, and Fangio, and then they've got all this offensive talent. But quarterbacks, their big question mark. And you know, they the the difference is they're in a brutal division, and Washington, right. on paper, um, isn't. Um, okay, let's get to some picks this weekend. I've already done my smell test. I'll tell you who I have. I mean, Tim knows pretty much who I have uh, because we we text back and forth all weekend, uh, all week long leading up to this. Um, But I gave out uh, Pitt tomorrow, Iowa State tomorrow and Washington tomorrow night. And then the Steelers, Eagles, Lions and Bears on Sunday. Um, Tell me uh, which of those you have and then the others that I don't have that you do.
2: All right, I got I got Washington. That's my that's my big play of the week. Uh Washington Husky said Yeah. Um uh, I I love this spot. It it is the classic overreaction. Um it, I don't know who watched, probably no one. Washington lost to Montana. I mean, they're the fifth ever FCS team or FBS team in the top 25 to lose to an FCS team. Um and that, you know, it goes back. You have App State over Michigan. Virginia Tech lost the JMU one year, um, but Washington's not this bad. Um, they are missing a ton of wide receivers, and everybody thinks they suck. And now they're getting a touchdown against Michigan, and still people are pounding Michigan. So I think this is a great spot for Washington. I like the under a little bit, too. If you can get seven, I mean, I just think that's such a great spot uh, in the overreaction. The Iowa State one's so interesting, right, because in the offseason, uh, Iowa – State was seven-point favorites in the look-ahead line. Now it's four. So it's it's an overreaction to one game where Iowa State looked mediocre against Northern Iowa, and Iowa looked phenomenal against Indiana, against Michael Penix, who is absolutely banged up, uh, didn't look the part. There were rumors that he wouldn't be playing. He ultimately did play. Um, but, you know, laying points in this series is not enjoyable. Uh, Iowa State hasn't beaten Iowa by more than three points in uh, since 2005 so you got that going against you but i, lo- I like iowa state i'm with you on this spot uh, i do like iowa state um i like wyoming against northern illinois, yeah, I northern too, illinois a little bit. Beat, yeah northern illinois just beat georgia tech and uh wyoming uh struggled against uh someone from the fcs uh i think montana state and now it's a touchdown uh, spread so i do like wyoming on the road you know i kind of like miami um, and I know Van Pelt gave out App State, which made me a little bit hesitant, because I know you guys think about it very similarly, uh, but I like Miami a little bit. I think that is, uh, they're coming off their ass whooping, and I'll give you one that I'm a little worried about, but I just think it's another overreaction spot. It's Arkansas. I mean, this is Arkansas' Super Bowl on Saturday. They're playing Texas. They never play Texas anymore, right? This is an old Southwest Conference rivalry. Uh, that place is going to be... Crazy loud. Uh, and now people are buying in uh, to Texas after one game against Lafayette where they were superior talent-wise. They'll be superior talent-wise again, but uh, I think this is the spot where I kind of like Arkansas plus the seven. And then uh, one more that's intriguing, I haven't played it yet, it's uh, it's Troy. A uh, lot of buzz out there for Liberty, who's very good. But Troy at home, only four. I think the public's going to back Liberty uh, because of their – Scoring prowess, but I think Troy's the potential to, to, to keep that game close. So Troy plus the four. Uh, NFL wise, um, I'm intrigued. I like the Browns and I like the uh, and I like uh, the Saints. Uh, both both dogs. I know the Browns are a very popular sharp play. That's going to be sharper square situation all over it. Numbers coming the other way, so I like the Browns uh, plus five and a half now. If you could have got six; that would have been great. And then uh, I'm just intrigued by this by this Saints Green Bay game. I, you know, Kev, something that hasn't been talked about nearly enough: Green Bay's line is bad. No Bakhtiari, uh at left tackle, so they move Jenkins out the left tackle. He's an interior guy. They got two rookies starting inside that line. I think Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport could have uh, could have a, a pretty good opportunity to wreak some havoc. And uh, I think Jameis is better than most people think. Uh, I think uh, I think New Orleans has a real chance to win on uh, on Sunday in Jacksonville.
1: I just had a vision about that game as you were talking about it. You know that I've I've liked the Saints. I didn't give out the Saints um, in part because there's some real sharp money on the Packers, so they're not uh, going to be a smell test pick. But we've seen Aaron Rodgers against you know really effective pass rush uh you know teams have really rough games you know in the past and the saints have I think their frontline starters are as good as any in the NFL or certainly in the NFC. I'm a Winston believer, and I think that he's got comeback player of the year written all over him, especially with that head, with that head coach and that offensive mind. Um, I just I, st- I, st- I got off of it when I was told that there was some super sharp money early in the week on Green Bay that I think lifted it to 3.5, which I think is where it is now. You know it, it's – It's odd, but if Green Bay were laying two-and-a-half, I would be all over the Saints. (laughs) But but at three-and-a-half, it it concerns me a little bit. But um, every game you mentioned – the Arkansas thing, uh, I'm not so sure about, but I get it. I know how big it is for those people. Um, And Arkansas is one of those interesting places. And the only reason I know this is because – Believe it or not, there was a time in which I either flew into Little Rock or flew into Fayetteville and then would drive to Bentonville, Arkansas, where Walmart was a client of mine. Um, It's not what I would call a place that uh, you'd want to be living in right now. It's probably a better place to be from. Um, But it wasn't terrible, and you know, there is massive sort of affluence there with all the Walmart executives. But I remember um, being there on an Arkansas. Arkansas football weekend once, and I didn't stay for the game, but I was there on the Friday uh, before, and they love Arkansas um, sports fans, university, you know, Hogs, Razorback fans, are so into both football and basketball. Like they're one of the SEC schools that really loves both almost equally. Um, and I know, I can imagine how important this game is for people in that in that area of the world to, to have Texas in their stadium this week.
2: And another one uh, that jumps at me uh, is Mississippi State a yeah, little bit. Yeah, after uh,
1: they barely beat home, one. Yeah.
2: They, they were down 20 in the fourth quarter. Uh, NC State pummeled USF. Uh, a lot of people high on NC State this year. And you know, for, for Mississippi State to be a home dog to an ACC team, um, I, I'm looking at that one too. So I kind of like. There's it's funny. I'm in a uh, me and a buddy. Uh, we we split a uh, an entry into the William Hill College Football Contest. you have to pick eight games against the spread every week. And uh, he's like, "No, NC State's going to crush them." I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know about that." So yeah, uh, yeah Mississippi State's kind of jumping at me too, just because. Once again, week 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 two, is such a fun spot uh, where you could look. Washington could just suck, uh, and we could be dead wrong. And Michigan could roll well, them. What, uh, um, Michigan, by the way, lost their best receiver too. Uh, that, yes, Ron they Bell did. And,
1: and, and our and our good friend just texted me, Stanford Steve, to say, "Be careful of Washington." I watched. The tape, the uh, the game, they suck. Their offensive line sucks, and I, and I just said uh, I wanted I didn't respond yet, but I just wanted to say exactly that's why I'm gonna have them for even a larger amount. Um, but anyway, uh, all right, let's finish with this. Give me a Washington Chargers final score pick.
2: All right, so uh, full disclosure, I uh, earlier this week. Now I got uh, I got I like playing teasers in in the NFL oh, low totals getting through well well well
1: yeah go ahead
2: not not parlays <laughs> relax uh but uh, so I had uh, I had Tampa at one and a half thankfully because I got it last week so I was alive but you know Washington's one of the lowest totals on the board and earlier they were a one and a half point dog so I have them at seven and a half because I just see this being a close game uh, you know look at the total uh, it's at forty four and a half um so i think i think you're looking at i think washington wins i, I know i would said i think they have an under 500 record this year but i think this weekend's one where they can get it done austin eckler being out is such a big blow for the chargers uh i'll say 23 20 washington is uh <laughs> is where i'll go this weekend
1: uh he did not hear it people he did not hear my Seriously? final score that, prediction, prediction of Washington 23 to 20 in overtime over the chargers yes that was exactly my (laughs) prediction uh average minds think a life like Um, all right man be good uh everybody tune in to tim's show uh tune into the youtube show him and sean king together with aaron producing uh tim's one of the sharpest and one of the best at doing this uh it's always good to catch up wouldn't go that far Uh, yeah i think i would um, I just wish you were still in this market on the radio show, uh, station that I'm on because you should be. Uh, but that's another story for another day. Um, hope you're well. hope the uh, the family's well and we'll talk soon.
2: No, I can't see it.
1: Tim Murray, uh, Vison Live uh, the nightcap show 10 to one Eastern on the Visa network. Tim is really good. Tim's a great guy. I am so happy. For the success that he is having uh, out in Las Vegas. Monday's show, Chris Cooley will be on it. He has promised to watch the game and come on the podcast on Monday, and then we can talk a little bit more about what his role might be during the football season and what it might not be. I'll be on the Team nine eighty six 6 to 9 a.m. on Monday morning, and then we'll do this podcast and have it out to you as quickly as possible. We are aware of the issues that some of you have had with Apple Podcasts in particular. They've been slow getting the shows out We have let them know it is out of our hands to a certain extent. A lot of other podcasts have had the same issue uh, with Apple. Um, Sorry about that. Uh, Ask your patience. They are apparently working on it. Enjoy the football this weekend and certainly um, remember and honor those that died very tragically uh, 20 years ago uh, tomorrow. Back on Monday.